This program is a proud member of Univaz. Unified, unique, voices. Learn more at univazpods.net. Hello, my name's Patrick, and I'm a Scream Queen. I'm a Scream Queen, and so are you! Again, my beautiful screamers, and welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Scream Queens, the podcast where horror gets gay. This is episode 279, and tonight it's the most wonderful time of the year. No, not Christmas time, it's Friday the 13th today, y'all, which means one thing and one thing only. It is our most favorite event of the year, the Friday the 13th Spectacular. And to celebrate, we are going to be joined by the creators of a brand new gay-themed slasher movie called Death Drop Gorgeous. And they are here to talk about the movie One Dark Night, directed by Friday the 13th Part 6 director Tom McLaughlin. And as you know, this is all part of the Every Day is Halloween fundraiser, which is an effort to raise funds for New Alternatives, which is an organization here in New York City which strives to fight the epidemic of homelessness among the LGBT teenage population by thinking outside of the box and getting these kids off the streets, not just for tonight, but for good. Now, I threatened you last time. I threatened you. I said there will be no spectacular unless we see some movement in the donations, and you guys came through, and I thank you for that. And so we have some people to thank. The problem being, the Facebook page is doing the thing it did last year, where all of a sudden it's not giving me the names of the people who donated anymore, like the numbers are going up, but it's not telling me who donated anymore, so I, sometimes I can see who donated, but not how much they donated, so I have an idea who donated, but I know the numbers have gone up significantly enough that I can tell you this much. I can say thank you to Zombie Girl TJ, thank you very much for your donation, whatever it was, whatever it was, it was fabulous, thank you Rob Yonkin, thank you again, Doug Shapiro actually made an effort to go all the way down to the New Alternatives office here in New York City, and donated an Xbox 360 and a whole bunch of games to the kids at New Alternatives, which is absolutely awesome. Thank you, Doug. You're fabulous. And the whole catch was that I wanted to see $250 worth of movement on the donation page between Monday and today to make up for some of this downtime, and it came through from one person. One person. Jelly Belly Kelly donated $250 so that this episode, the Friday the 13th Spectacular, would happen. As she said, Patrick, there's no way in hell I'm going through a Friday the 13th without making it spectacular, so get on that. So I'm on it, and I'm here. Thank you, Jelly Belly Kelly. And while I'm grateful to everybody who donated, I'm still a little bit perturbed. A little bit perturbed because everybody who's donated already donated previously. So these are all double dippers. These are all people who are giving in this episode today who've already donated to this cause. Don't step back. Don't sit back and wait for other people to take action. That's not cool. That's not cool. If you haven't donated, please consider donating. And I haven't been giving you a lot of the schmaltz that I gave you last year, and maybe that's part of the problem. So what we're going to do right now, you're going to have to sit back, and you're going to have to listen to the audio of a little film called Can You See Me, which is addressing the problem of homelessness among today's LGBT youth. Please don't fast forward. Please don't hit skip. Sit back, listen, learn something, and please consider donating to new alternatives. 
The lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender community has made great strides over the past several years. But one part of this community, LGBT homeless youth, seems to have been left behind. You know, there's over 2,000 uh, homeless youth in Los Angeles, but we only have uh, 300 beds. And so some of that's um, overnight emergency housing, some of it's long-term housing. So even though we do have programs that, you know, they can go into long-term housing, it's still very limited. So that's definitely something that we need to prove upon and something that we can expand um, because it's definitely very needed and important in our community, and especially in Los Angeles. So. The more that people come out and, and show that um, there's a lot of us out there, I think that changes how people think about LGBT youth in particular. So, so when they walk in, it's um, a lot of times very uneasy because, you know, they have nowhere to go. I, you know, you don't know how long they've been on the street for. You don't know what they've been doing. And so it's, it's, it's really hard. And, you know, they could be scared. They could be, you know, angry. They could be just, you know, lost or anything like that. And so they come there and when they leave um, a lot of the time they're you know leaving and they're happy that they're able to get a meal or something like that but then when they leave they still have nowhere to go. It's ridiculous they're not families at all their idea of family is not in mainstream and those people should still be responsible for those children. For parents who kick their children out for being LGBT I think there's a lot of fear involved. I think there's fear that how society would think of them. I think there's fear of how their religious background, you know, how that is affected by that. I think overwhelmingly the largest cause of it are families disowning their children. Not making the correct decision for their family or their children. I don't think anybody wants their kid to when you have a kid you think okay everything is going to be normal you want a healthy baby some people are very open about like okay if I have a, a gay teen gay daughter gay TS you know a lot of people don't think about that at the time but people need to be more open minded and just love the child that they have gets to help the situation um, be proactive to LGBT issues in the community should be more counseling more resource charitable donations to build shelters for them um as Cindy Lauper has done in New York City, for example, um, as B. Arthur, as her estate has done. Um, that's the key. And Miley Cyrus firmly established her role as advocate for homeless and LGBT youth. I think to say that there's one experience that's exper that everybody experiences, I don't know that that's true. I think everybody experiences their identity in their own way. Unfortunately, that's all of that promo that I can play because the rest of it is music and it's licensed and I'll get sued. You know, it's True Colors by Cindy Lauper because that's the association that this particular film was made for. If you prefer to give to them, then give to them. Just give to somebody. You give to the Alley Forney Center. Just give to somebody. These kids need help for God's sake. It's really easy to be sitting here in my warm apartment and just be lecturing people. But, you know, I've given, I've donated like six months of my life to this right now. Jilly Billy Kelly just gave $250 just to hear one goddamn episode. And lives are at stake. And 
Yes, no alternatives. It's just in New York and you don't live in New York. I get it. But the thing is, they're working outside of the system. I talked about before how now the government can now legally discriminate against people because of sexual orientation or because of gender identity or your or your sex or your religion. They can legally say, no, we're not going to help you now. So the more of these systems that are working outside, I mean, more of these organizations that are working outside of the system, the better. And these little guys are doing a hell of a lot of work. And I'm not knocking any of the others, but, you know, a lot of these have very high advertising rates and stuff like that. You know, there's a lot of the money that you donate goes to advertising. That is not the way with no alternatives. Their money's going right to the kids. And also, great, it's in New York City, but maybe an organization in New York City will take the ball, the example of New York City. Of, hey, they're working. They're working outside of the system. They're getting help to the kids that need it. They're work, not getting government funds. They're not being limited by these new fucking restrictions that say you can't have gay people in your organization. You can't have people who are married to a same-sex partner. You can't have any of these people involved in your organization at all. And they'll take inspiration from that. And I hope you're taking some inspiration from this. And if you are, please head on over to bit.ly slash sqpod. NA, Scream Queens Podcast, New Alternatives, or if you prefer to work on Facebook, bit.ly slash sqpodfb. Those links are right there in the show notes. They're active links. Click on them now. Don't wait. Don't you'll forget. You'll forget. You'll get all swept up in the episode and you'll forget. Your day is happening. You'll forget. Just do it now. Doesn't have to be a lot. $5, $1. I don't care. Just give something. Show that you have a heart at the season where you're supposed to have a goddamn heart. We're supposed to be showing love for our fellow man and stuff like that. These kids need some goddamn help. There, I cried. <laughs> Haven't done it much this season, but I'm doing it now. Because I'm angry. These are angry tears. I'm just angry at apathy. Apathy gets me really, really angry. And I'm not going to yell at you guys anymore because we got a fun show. Okay. Oh, I forgot to mention... Brandon, Brandon from Death Drop Gorgeous, also donated. Thank you very much, Brandon. So we're going to segue over to that because thank you to Jelly Belly Kelly. Thanks to you, we are having a Friday the 13th Spectacular. What the hell does that mean? Well, every time a Friday the 13th rolls upon the calendar, as tradition on this show, we have a Friday the 13th Spectacular. Which I dive into the next movie, into the series, and I go deep digging, and I tell you all, when I saw all these in the theater, when I'm really old, but the thing is, we ran out of these movies so damn long ago, that now, we pick a movie that was made by somebody that had something to do with the franchise. We explore the, the oeuvre of other things that Friday the 13th people have made. And this came up, this snuck up on me, because, you know, I'm knee-deep in, 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 in this fundraiser business, and... Um, and when the Death Drop Gorgeous guys approached me, I was like, oh gosh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get you to January. Then I realized, oh my gosh, it's a Friday the 13th Spectacular. And if I expand the fundraiser by one show, then I'll have episodes all the way through to 2019. I could donate the whole rest of the year to raising funds for new alternatives. How great would that be? So far, it's pretty great. So it could be better, but that's up to you. And you know what to do. I'm not going on that route again because <laughs> thanks to Jelly Belly Kelly, I can proudly declare the opening of Friday, December 13th. Friday the 13th Spectacular!
Now, those of you who are new are probably wondering, what the hell did that music have to do with Friday the 13th? And the answer is absolutely nothing because it's my goddamn spectacular. And if I want to play Australian Aboriginal didgeridoo music on it, then I'm going to goddamn do it. And I just did it, motherfucker. So let us now sit back, relax. I'm going to bring on the boys from Death Drop Gorgeous. We are going to first listen to a trailer from One Dark Night, the movie we're talking about. And we're going to segue smoothly into the teaser trailer for Death Drop Gorgeous. And you better fix your makeup, girl, because if you're not looking Death Drop Gorgeous, then you might get a stiletto heel in your eye. Carl Raymar died of an apparent heart attack, but the bizarre condition of his apartment and the true cause of death of the missing girls remains a mystery at this hour. Do you have any idea why your father murdered those girls? There's no proof that he murdered them. There's no question. Here you go. Julie ain't no sister yet, Kitty. Well, she's passed every test you've given her. For your information, Leslie, I'm far from finished with her initiation. I've got to prove I can do it. All she wants to do is show how weak and chicken you are. Yeah, and that's all the more reason why I won't back down. So I'm supposed to stay out here all night? <laughs> of course not. You're staying in there. Mausoleum? Uh-huh. We'll be back in the morning to make sure you stayed in there all night long. Mrs. McKenna, my name is Samuel Dockstetter, and I'm a feature writer for the world of the occult. Do you know anything about bioenergy? It's the electromagnetic force in all living things. Carl Raymar was one of the only true practitioners of telekinesis in the world. Raymar? He could move things with his mind. He was a genius in his field until... They found a whole bunch of dead girls in his apartment. Studies, we found that members of the same family often possess similar psychic powers. Considering the strength of his powers, it would be interesting to follow up. Maybe he wants. I'm going back there, back to the mausoleum. Good evening, folks. What you are about to see should not be viewed by the faint of heart. This motion picture, truly one of the most unusual ever filmed, is a bloodbath of hysteria, drenched in the macabre and seeping with the gay agenda. This cinematic nightmare should not be viewed by youth or the impressionable, for they may leave the theater completely snatched and tucked. A tale of murder and mayhem, lust and depravity, plagued with acts of abomination. Feast your eyes and ears on Death Drop Gorgeous. The terror begins when mysterious loner Dwayne returns to the city of Providence, Rhode Island after a volatile breakup. 
It was just a dumb idea opening up business with a boyfriend and shit. He finds himself back at his old job, bartending at the outhouse. Tony, I'll take any shift you can give me. Amidst an unhinged drag queen rivalry between the young and beautiful Janet Fitness. I've never done a split for an empty room. And I'm not about to start now. And the legendary First Lady of Providence, Gloria Holt. <laughs> Every perfectly bleached asshole expires. But the battling queens aren't the only ones drawing blood. Watch, watch the teeth. Dude, watch the fucking... Terror erupts as corpses of young gay men turn up slaughtered and completely drained. Four dead bodies? You think people ain't gonna talk? As the body count rises and his business slowly slips through what's left of his fingers, the owner of the outhouse, Tony, hires two of Providence's finest to cover up the carnage and unmask the killer. I paid you two twice a fuck ton of money to make this go away, and here you fucking are! Whether you like it or not, it looks like we got a serial killer on our hands. But the investigation unravels, and the butcher remains one step ahead. I don't know if I can work here anymore. We could be next. Will the detectives apprehend this maniac before every drop of blood is sucked out of Providence? Or will the killer succeed in their nefarious plan? Banned in 28 countries, and based on true events, will you survive Death Drop Gorgeous? Let me pick up my drink for this one. And my guest for this Friday the 13th Spectacular are the creators of a brand new gay-themed slasher movie, Death Job Gorgeous. So ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and my GNCs, wherever you may be, put your hands together for the creative minds behind Death Job Gorgeous! Yay! Hello, boys. Hello. Hello. Good evening. There's a whole shitload of you. So why don't you all take a moment to introduce yourself to my listeners? And what do you have to do with Death Drop Gorgeous? Hello, my name is Christopher Dalby. I'm one of the creators. I'm Michael Hearn. I'm also one of the creators. I'm Brandon Perez Sanchez, and I'm also one of the creators. <laughs> so many creatives, so many creations. <laughs> so so you're all just birthing all over the place. Birthing. So tell me, what is going on? What is this Death Drop Gorgeous all about? Because I saw the trailer. They haven't seen the trailer. I'm already hooked. It's chaos. <laughs> it's bloody, gory, drag queen-related chaos. Um, set in Providence, Rhode Island, it's a gay slasher movie. Fantastic, fantastic. Um, one of the things that really struck me about your press release that you're really passionate about is the music. Thank you. And that you used all the this local talent and stuff. Well, local talent slash like some some New York friends too. Um, but yeah, it's it's primarily New York, uh, Rhode Island music musicians. Um, you know, from New York we have Bright Light, Bright Light, and uh, Jackie Camel. Um, and we have some Western Mass folks. We have Boy Harsher on there, but everything else is um, Rhode Island based. We have uh, Drop Dead, and He, Anxious Wave. Um, some of the Massachusetts people too. We have a uh, Devin, uh, Devin Hunt and uh, Kyle Paradise are doing some of the scoring with, along with limousine from Providence. So it's kind of all over the place. It's a pretty very, good soundtrack. Yeah. Very eclectic. But the exciting part is those folks, um, heard about what we were doing and a lot of them, um, offered and were like, how can we be a part of this project? So oh, it nice. was really exciting to have so many people involved. 
No, I love that. I think that gives such a unique stamp about it. There's that movie Hellbent that's one of the best parts of that. That's unique fingerprint that they used all that local L.A. gay or LGBT musicians, and it gave it such a unique sound that I think that's a great, great move. So bravo for that. Thank you. Um, also, what's striking me, like there's some of the things in the trailer that made me ha so happy, like some really artistic shots. Thank you. <laughs> that gloved hand spiraling out <laughs> Of the glory hole is absolutely terrifying, <laughs> but gorgeous. But gorgeous. It's such a wonderful shot. And you were a little turned on. You were a little turned on. Uh, honey, I'm always a little turned on. <laughs> Except when I have a migraine. Shut up, Brandon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, I'm glad that you pointed out that shot because it's one of the um, initial scenes that we kind of plotted out when we originally went out to make this movie. Um, it really started with that glory hole. <laughs> <laughs> like so many things do. <laughs> <laughs> and end. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's true. And I just, I, I was talking to Brandon way ago when he first contacted me about this, that you know, I went into the trailer like this. Listeners, I'm putting my arms across my shoulders and I'm making scrappy face. <laughs> Because I had just been through this whole thing, this whole big, highly touted, similarly themed gay slasher that was out over the summer. That made me want to hurt people. Ooh. Like, it made me embarrassed for my community. Like it was, it was hateful. It was a hateful movie. Like the characters were hateful. They, nobody liked each other. It was such a bad, bad awful, awful, awful. Are you allowed I got to say what movie? I'll have to edit it out, but that would be Killer Unicorn. Okay. Ooh. We're also not going to talk about that right now. <laughs> oh, yeah, we'll cut all this out. We're here to talk about one dark night <laughs> and death drop. One dark night, give me just one dark night. Yeah, it's a great song. It's one of Phil Collins' best, man. Oh, the movie. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. I got confused. Right, because everybody, listeners, as you know, there's every time a Friday the 13th pops up on the calendar, we have a Friday the 13th spectacular. But we ran out of movies a hell of a long time ago. So now we do movies that were made by the people who made the Friday the 13th movie. So we are doing One Dark Night, directed by Tom McLaughlin, who directed Friday the 13th Part 6. Now, boys, as we smoothly segue into this other segment, um, <laughs> we have a little game. You like to play it on the Scream Queens podcast? Yeah. And since Brandon is the one who approached me in the first place, I'm going to make him play. <laughs> Brandon, you have a job. Okay. Nay, dare I say you have a sacred duty. Okay. You need to give me a nice, tight, 30-second plot summary of One Dark Night. The clock starts now! So this group of like bad girls with like giant 80s hair, one of them has like an apex camel toe. Um, there's this girl that wants to join the, this like group of these cool girls and they're playing this nasty trick on her and she dumps her like semi-attractive boyfriend a lesbian haircut to go to the, try to join this group of bad girls and they make her sleep in a mortuary that looks like it's from Phantasm. But while this, all this is happening, there's this old man with a psychic ability. Eh, that time is up. <laughs> oh, but he got psychic abilities. <laughs> That was brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Those are Brandon, I want to see that movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually the facts of life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what? You're not wrong. The thing is, I, I mean, I've covered this movie on the show before, and it was years ago, and it's always fun to revisit things with a new audience and with a new eye. Watching this time, I realized Tom McLaughlin, who also wrote the script, managed to create a bunch of teenagers that don't exist anywhere in the world. 
They don't talk like teenagers. They don't act like teenagers. They don't dress like teenagers. They're not, they were not created by some algorithm to please demographics. They are just this weird anomaly. I'm like, who are these kids? Where did they come from? What the fuck are they about? And give me more of them. And instead of vaping, they just put toothbrushes in their mouths. <laughs> that chick was just sucking on a toothbrush. The whole motherfucking time. Uh-huh. Well, according to Tom McLaughlin, he's like, I he knew a girl who used to do that in high school and he thought it was an interesting character choice. <laughs> yeah, just an oral fixation to yeah. follow throughout the whole what are you movie. Trying to say? I thought it might mean something more. And then like they even end the movie with like that toothbrush. <laughs> <laughs> Brush your fucking teeth. Your final girl is a toothbrush. Yeah. <laughs> she lives. <laughs> no, I think these girls are fascinating because they, they it's it's a weird because it's a PG rated movie, which I don't know how that happened. Yeah. Because, like, nothing happens for, like, an hour and 15 minutes, and then it goes absolutely bananas. (laughs) But these girls, they're fucking. They're doing drugs. You get side boob, but then nobody says anything remotely related to a swear word, and it comes out like happy days. (laughs) Like, you would think that in the 80s, like, the worst thing that could happen was that you could be weak and chicken. Oh, yeah. yeah. Who talks like this? <laughs> yeah, and like to be like, you're kind of in college. Like I was confused. I didn't realize they were in high school. I thought they were definitely trying to like get into like a sorority, right? Oh, yeah. No, it's high school. It's high school. Again, like it's like hangover from Greece. Yeah. Who has club like club jackets when you're in oh, high school? You're just jealous. I was a little jealous. That was <laughs> some great purple velour. I'm just gonna say. The lack of the lack of cocaine was startling. I think they were all on cocaine, like, especially little Ginny Tilly. Like oh. she had cocaine written all over. Oh yeah, oh, little Meg Tilly. Little Meg Tilly. Yeah, this movie. It's Meg Tilly's first movie, and oh, bless her heart. Is that Jennifer's sister? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I watch this movie. I'm going Future Academy Award nominee Meg Tilly. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Granted, she's not given much to do but run around and scream. But yeah, and that camel toe. That camel toe. I'm sorry. My favorite. Okay, the most terrifying part of the movie, straight up, for me, her sweater. Interesting. (laughs) That blue knit thing with the scallop, and it made this weird like plaque on her chest. I'm like, what are you wearing? It's like she's a weird medieval sweater with scallops. Uh, Honestly, I thought she looked the best. Her (laughs) hair was the best. Like everything. Yes. My whole question is regarding the sisters, as this group is called. First of all, there's only three of them. It's a club of three. (laughs) Okay, Carol, clearly the leader. Yep. What's wrong with Carol that she's hanging out with these two losers? Because these three girls do not go together. No. No. She's like the pretty girl. Like, right? She's like, she should be the pretty blonde girl that's mean. But, like, She's really fucked up. Like she's like had some like trauma. <laughs> That's what I think. I think she's. I think like she's been expelled. Like not expelled, but just like been shunned by everybody else in this community. So she formed her club of losers. Because Kitty, bless her heart, not cool. She's not cool. <laughs> she's not bad. I mean, she's got the toothbrush thing going on, but then she's also wearing those like shapeless green pants. I'm like, I don't know what she's they, trying to be. And then and then Leslie uh, Elizabeth Daly. She's really from the other side of the tracks from Carol. <laughs> She's the one that they bring home when Carol wants to piss off her parents. Oh, yeah, yeah. These girls don't go together, but it's fascinating. I just find it fascinating. And thank you for bringing up the camel toe. I didn't even know you could do that with denim. It was like oh, <laughs> Doctor Strange. Oh, no. Welcome to the 80s. I remember that my sister's going out there trying to pull up their zippers with, with pliers because the jeans were so tight. 
Oh my god. Yeah. 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 There is a infection for problems. Like <laughs> yeah, they were. They were getting getting used to I think I got a yeast infection just watching the movie, right. man. <laughs> I'm not like one of those gays that's like, ew, vagina, but like no, are straight guys know. turned on are they, like straight dudes turned on by like that kind of like camel toe action? Like I could see everything and it was a bulge. But no, but to be fair, like even bulges back then looked really strained and painful. Like basically it, it was your full dick to one side. And <laughs> uh-huh. uh-huh. plus you had to go, you had to go. Speaking as an old queen, you had to go into bleach and also had to get a, a file and start filing, you know, wearing down the area of the denim to call even more attention to it. Oh, whoa. You, wow. you want shadows. You want shadows. <laughs> you want contours. You want highlights. You want the whole, you want to see your dick struggling for air inside of your yeah. pants. I want to see <laughs> your religion. <laughs> there is a scene where they kick Elizabeth Daly out of the car in that tunnel, that LA tunnel that's in yep. every movie. So like, you're not standing, with us anymore. She's because st- she doesn't want to go through with this whole thing. She's she's standing on the side of the road, and I'm it's with her back to the camera, and I'm going, My God, the crack of her ass in those jeans, it goes all the way up to her tailbone, and it's deep. And oh, then yeah. she turned around, and it was the same on the other side. Yeah. <laughs> you're just walking around with the all the way, her vagina came all the way up to her midriff. I'm like, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> what happened, oh, girl? <laughs> Yeah, that can't but be comfortable. To compliment the movie, though, is that uh, in that like that entire tunnel was some like some of the lighting was like superb, and yeah. I like the lighting in that tunnel was like gorgeous. Well, that's and why every movie shoots there, I suppose. What's that? That's <laughs> every movie in LA shoots in that tunnel. Ah, yeah. Do, do yeah. they all look good? Yes, I've seen all of them. <laughs> you said it with such assertion. I don't know. Of course I do. I say everything with assertion. I'm the goddamn host. Prove me wrong, bitches. <laughs> uh, the, the other thing with this movie is that it's two movies rolled into one, and like one half, they don't go, the two halves don't go together. The whole story of the the, the woman with the dead father and Adam West. And these they, the two halves do not go together. No. Yeah, she just <laughs> shows up at the end. You have these tonal, you have these like tonal shit. <laughs> okay, so what has happened is that at the beginning of the movie, a whole bunch okay. This this horrible <laughs> crime has happened. Guys, don't you hate when this happens? When it's like spring cleaning time and you know like open up your closet to get rid of your old clothes, you're like, oh fuck. There's a whole bunch of dead street walkers just lezzing out on the floor of my closet again. I hate when that happens. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm almost as mad about my entire entire China set embedded in my walls. Oh, oh yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah, it's a very strange crime scene that's being reported. There's this guy who was a mm, what mystic? What do you want to call him? Raymar, what do you want to call him? I don't know. Like, some, like some sort of famous psychic. investigator. Sure. <laughs> He's found dead with a whole bunch of dead streetwalkers in his closet. None of them have any signs of, of of trauma or anything. They're all dead. The room's weird. There's like like Christopher said, there's shit embedded in the wall. All the China sets embedded in the wall, and nobody knows what happened. And like a cruising house, like I felt like the entire cast of cruising was outside right. the apartment complex. There's a lot of men in like Daisy Dukes and like oh, yeah. crop tops, and like it yeah, was like this is definitely the rough part of town. <laughs> <laughs> definitely the rough part of town. But also, what I enjoyed that since it's LA, you're getting like professional extras. There were some extras giving stink eye to the camera, and I loved it. <laughs> like, yeah, level stink eye. Like I'm gonna have my moment, but give it stink eye to the camera. <laughs> Breaking that fourth wall of yeah. one dark Remember night. Remember me. Remember me. <laughs> It made me very happy. Yes, this guy's dead, and and his daughter is all like tragic. And you know, oh god, I didn't even remember her name. 
Olivia, Olivia, her, his daughter Olivia is the main focus of this other half of the movie. She's dealing with his death because she never knew him and blah, blah, blah. And Adam West is her husband and he's got the toupee from hell. Yeah. And he's like a gaslighter. He's kind of awful in the relationship. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently they never had this conversation before. That, oh yeah, my dad's a psychic and I have ESP. And he's like, I think you're just anxious. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're just really distraught about your You just need to dad. lay down. Are you having you one of your girl that. moments? Yeah, no, he's yeah. terrible. And apparently Tom McLaughlin only cast him because he felt sorry for him. <gasps> oh. He saw an interview with him on TV saying like he can't get work since Batman because all anybody sees is Batman. So he's like, okay, I'll give you a role. That's Wrote insane. in a role for him. Yeah, all I saw was that toupee. So, I mean... <laughs> Yeah, did it help? Well, to be fair, he really wrote the role for the toupee, but Adam West had to come along with it. It was in his contract. The toupee's contract. <laughs> he wasn't even going <laughs> bald. He shaved his head for the toupee. <laughs> like, you're wearing the toupee. Uh, poor Adam West. Yeah, poor Adam West. But so he, she, hits this whole mystery, and she spends the whole first half of the movie all looking like Mrs. Uh, Mrs. White, all pale and tragic and shit. And <laughs> and it was my my new favorite character. The exposition albino. Oh my god, that's right. The like the Andy Warhol looking guy. Yeah, the Andy Warhol looking guy in the sunglasses just comes in to drop a whole lot of plot and disappear. Oh yeah, yeah. I yeah. Totally forgot. He looks like drab. Ma- it's like the guy from Drab Majesty. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, it's gonna get weird. Let me tell you how weird. <laughs> <laughs> Buckle in, bitch. But yeah, Andy Pretty matter of fact. He's like, so your father was a practicing psychic vampire who absorbed the energy out of everyone. Don't worry about it. This will come into handy later in the movie. <laughs> we we'll oh, really? use our coke mirror to destroy him. <laughs> Excuse me, are you denying the power of Maybelline right now? <laughs> Maybe we'll come back to that. Maybelline. We'll come back to that. We'll come back to that. We're not there yet. <laughs> what I realized this time around, watching it this time, Exposition Albino has a line. He's like, I realize you didn't know your father, but he and I were very close. Lovers. Ooh. Like, and then there was this pregnant pause, and I was like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I did not catch this before, Exposition Albino. <laughs> and then he doesn't even drop all this plot. He explains that he's a psychic vampire, and he's like, oh, by the way, I got to go. I got other places to be. Here's a cassette. He hands us a cassette. He's like, listen to this. And I'm thinking, it's Elder Barge's new single. It's fucking fabulous. It's <laughs> <laughs> You're just so happy after this. And also, if you flip it over to explain the rest of the plot of the movie, gotta go bye. <laughs> I mean, when I think of psychic vampire, I mean, a turtleneck is a dead giveaway. Like, Krista Barr's turtleneck, psychic vampire, it, it all goes hand in hand. <laughs> like, Dracula has a cape, psychic vampires have turtlenecks. It's- <laughs> oh, everybody had turtlenecks in this, though. Come on. When she left the house at the end, she's like, I have to go to the model Elysium and save these girls. She's like, I gotta take my top off and put it in the gigantic turtleneck to go fight my father. <laughs> <laughs> Turtlenecks versus turtlenecks. Uh-huh. Well, uh, because clearly Camel Toe versus Camel Toe wasn't getting any, anyway, wasn't getting <laughs> 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 over the Camel Toe. That was like Alpha Predator Camel Toe. <laughs> Sorry, what? <laughs> that was like Alpha Predator Camel Toe. That, I don't think anyone could fuck with that thing. I've never seen anything like that in my life. <laughs> in a like, PG movie, children were watching that. I actually saw this in the movie theater when I was a kid. On a, on a Saturday afternoon matinee, and I don't think anybody in the theater was older than 12. <laughs> that camel toe coming at us, we're all scarred forever. All terrible. 3D. You're like the like floating dead bodies, meh. <laughs> 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 oh, your connection's looking a little, little weird. Um, 
Oh, okay. there you are. I'm here. I'm here. Uh, yeah, if worse comes to worse, if things happen with the connection, we turn off the cameras. Okay. Yeah. It's yeah. probably because that guy knows we're talking about him. The psychic, <laughs> the psychic vampire. vampire. Or, or the gay exposition albino. <laughs> Raymar. I did enjoy how Ma- Ad- Madam West was not doing Batman for the whole movie until he said the word Raymar. Like, had had Madam West? Raymar. Yes, it was Madam West. Speaking um, of Raymar, we were joking about how funny it was that like they used that whole um, crypt scene where like it's cracking, like as just like a anytime slide that scene in. Like if we need a transition, go back to the crypt. Show yeah. Raymar's name one more time. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. Nothing's gonna happen yet. But something will happen. <laughs> yeah. So now, now we transition over to the girls, and it's they, like you said, it's this trio of girls, and Julie, our little Meg Tilly, she wants into the sisters. Why? I don't know. But <laughs> who really cares? But they don't want. Carol doesn't want her in because Julie's now dating Paul, who used to date Carol. Blah blah blah. High school drama. Blah blah blah. But <laughs> what makes me really happy is the scene where Julie is explaining to Paul. Why she wants to join him? Just like mm-hmm. I'm so sick and tired of Julie's such a nice girl. Julie's such a nice girl. Julie's such a nice, and she's completely spazzing out. I'm going Meg Tilly, future Oscar nominee. There she is. <laughs> oh yeah, on that pier. Julie's such a nice girl. Julie's such a nice girl. Such a nice girl. In, in her awful green pants. <gasps> oh yeah, they had a sale for awful green pants in this movie. It's just yeah, oh. those were straight from Merry Go Round, and you know they were. Mary, Mary hyphen go hyphen round. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, because she didn't want to be a chicken anymore. She's no. She chicken. didn't want to be a chicken, but you know what? The moral of the story: if Julie had stayed home and cleaned the oven like her mother had wanted, none of this would have happened. Or just fucked her boyfriend. <laughs> and you're done. That would be another option. You know what? We're not going to do this initiation. I'm just going to go fuck this guy. Yeah, I'm not yeah. a nice girl anymore. Yeah. I don't want to be a nice girl anymore. I want to be the biggest whore this town's ever seen. <laughs> I would have watched it still. I would have been like, keep rolling. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> I'm going to fuck every corpse in that mausoleum. <laughs> 32 nights. <laughs> It's it's weird to have a, like the whole the whole intro to the high school things was like a dating montage, which was nothing of them except the two of them laughing like crazed hyenas for seven <laughs> minutes. I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> Look at how much fun we're having! <laughs> Terrifying. <laughs> what do I know? I'm just a nerdle brain. <laughs> I met Tom McLaughlin over the summer, actually no, over this October at a, a the the camp that um, they shot Friday the Thirteenth at the original. Yeah, oh, nice. Up, yeah, they open it up every now and then to um, groups to come in and take the tour, and he was there, and I thanked him for adding the word "nerdle brain" to my vocabulary. <laughs> <laughs> and he knew exactly what you were talking. Oh, he knew exactly what I was talking about. He's proud as hell of this movie because the other thing that is fa- he had a fight like hell for this movie because they shot it, and he got the copy back, you know, they, they screened it at the studio and the studio had completely refilmed the ending. Huh? So like, none of that happened. None of that happened. It was a completely different movie. And he had to go and f- raise all this extra funds to fight the studio to get his ending back in. What did they change the ending to? It was something really innocuous. Huh? 
innocuous? That's not a word. Innocuous. Yeah. Noxzema. <laughs> super Noxzema. They're definitely Noxzema girls. Yeah. <laughs> oh, can we talk about Rebecca Gayhart then? <laughs> she was a Noxzema girl. <laughs> we love her. <laughs> That's so weird. That's, uh, I actually really liked that movie. I liked it. Maybe I'm, yeah. No, I thought, Yeah, it was great. Um, I was also really impressed with the special effects. Yeah. Like, I thought, um, A, the flying dead people were great, but also, like, your purple electricity didn't bother <laughs> yeah. me. There's like, just no. some really creepy scenes. Yeah, I mean, the end of this is it doesn't go with the rest of the movie because all of a no. sudden it goes haywire. Like, these reanimated corpses that are not fully reanimated. Well, that's why I love them. They're, like, mostly just, like, puppets and like so basically he's just mashing them like he's just lifting dead bodies and piling them on top of teenage girls like that's what he's doing in the afterlife is pig piling dead bodies onto living girls (laughs) that's Uh an evil superpower it's literally Uh any circuit party after (laughs) 4am Ew. Oh god. Oh god. Oh god. That's what happens in the the dark in the in the back room when the lights go on. You're like, oh god. <laughs> oh god, no, please, no. Change the ending. Change the ending. Yeah, that, that is what I think is cool about it. I mean, the ending of this, I think, is really disturbing in its own like when I remember even as a kid when I first saw it, initially I was like, this is lame. They're just like puppets. Then after a while, I'm like, this is actually more disturbing than if they oh, were yeah. animated. There's something really unsettling about it. Just like looking into the face of all this various decay that we're all going to be at someday, probably. And like, what, <laughs> gross, gross. I think there's some like some genuinely creepy scenes now. That scene, like you just see the like the um the quarter lit with just like the little like you know little tiny slits in the in the mausoleum. All of a sudden, that body just comes floating down. It's a really yeah. brilliant scene. I thought that was great. Um, yeah, it was actually, like creepy. Um, did. Going back to Death Drop Gorgeous for just a minute, did I happen to spy Linnea Quigley in your trailer? You did. You did. I love Linnea Quigley. We swooped her. So our, our friend Devin that's um, scoring the trailer, um, he was in a band called Sexcrement, and she was in one of their music videos, and they're very close. Um, and she's she's amazing. She's a very benevolent, sweet human being, loves animals. Um, yeah. We've gotten to know her. We hung out with her a couple a couple weekends now from when she comes down to Salem, and she's just fantastic. Um you know, you never hear anything bad about her. She's just a sweet, sweet human being. Yeah, I've met her several times several times at conventions, and she is a sweetheart, and I love that. And what I also like about this movie, tying it into Linnea Quigley, is that Carol often talks like Linnea Quigley. It's the same kind of speech pattern. That sounds like I'm savoring that dick that I had in my mouth last night. It's like a unicorn, but I'm not, so I talk like this. <laughs> It was like 80s bitch. It is. It's 80s bitch tone. We watched a movie called Witch Trap that I've never seen before. And we didn't know Linnea Quigley was in it. And that's exactly how she talked it the whole time. She was like the sexy, like, IT secretary. Like, oh, it was so good. She talks like this. There's a problem with your code. Mm. (laughs) Do you have sour balls here? (laughs) (laughs) David's so good. Oh, I love it. It's a great addition to your movie. I, I adore her. She's a sweetheart. But, but it was also making me angry. I'm like, Linnea Quigley would have been so much better in this role than whoever this Carol bitch is. Who are you? <laughs> yeah, bye, Carol. <laughs> You're canceled. Thank you. <laughs> Carol is canceled. Uh, okay, I derailed myself here. Um, <laughs> are you throwing up? Yeah, I, or <laughs> do you want to talk about it? Listen, if 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 you're gonna binge, you gotta purge. Okay. 
What have you been binging, vape? I'll never tell. Um, <laughs> they didn't see what I just did, but that was disgusting. I'm embarrassed for myself. No, I'm looking at my notes, which are all just off camera. And I don't know. I do want to talk about just a, one of the things that makes me very happy about this movie. When you see the girls walking around in this mausoleum, which is a very creepy set. Most of the movie is mood. And if you go in expecting that, then you'll be better off than expecting shock a minute because they save everything towards the end. So there's lots of scenes of the girls walking around the mausoleum, just touring the mausoleum. And I realized this time we've established the fact that everybody's wearing sneakers because we keep getting close-up shots <laughs> yeah. of their feet. I like gear. But the sound effect is click, clack, click, clack, click, clack, click, clack, click, click. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, well, no, they just glued bottle caps to their <laughs> sneakers like you did in the 80s. Exactly. You can't afford tap shoes? Bang. There you go. I saw fame. <laughs> I know what goes on. They were, they were planning on scaring her with a tap routine. A tap routine. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> it's the worst falafel change I've ever seen. Oh God! Oh, oh, she's such a nice girl. I'm on Demerol. They gave her Demerol. <laughs> right. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Which was actually the most fucked up part, which, com- which confused me because not only did they were like, "All right, we're going to break an entry, leave you in a mausoleum. You have to sleep there with a the shitty sleeping bag." But also, here's some sleeping drugs. I'm like, honestly, I would just imagine like that sounds like a nice thing to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Which, yeah, apparently not. I mean, what if? I mean, I don't know what Demerol does, but it seems like a very non-high school thing to be giving somebody. Where did they get it? I don't know. Probably it's out of Carol's housekeepers. <laughs> there's there no adult, there's no adults in their world except Carol's housekeeper. So. <laughs> Carol Carol would have a housekeeper with yeah. Demerol that she with, <laughs> with Demerol on tap at all times. Yeah. <laughs> or that she's Please, just to, to deal with that bitch. Like, yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> she's like my housekeeper raised me on Demerol. <laughs> it's the best. No, you go, Hugo. <laughs> Sometimes you think you're being chased by ghosts though. <laughs> Uh, Which I have to give it to her though, because um, the our main character, um, Julie, yes, she does not actually see any real ghosts for the longest time. She actually just gets fucked up inside of the that little church room, and then just loses her goddamn mind. Yeah, she gets spooked by them in a costume, and then basically all of the tripping balls, yeah, it's over. Yeah, and she goes instantly insane. Oh yeah, instantly. Uh, I'm going to turn off my camera because you're getting a little spotty. Oh, shit. Okay. okay. Oh, no. Yeah, I'm here. I'm still here. Turn ours off. And now you can see where I live. I don't understand this particular feature. It's Grinder. You live at the Eagle? I do. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Should we turn ours off? Yeah. I'm trying to figure out how to do it. I think you just click uh, on the there's camera. There's a little picture of a camera. On your right, just click the camera. Oh. Yeah, or there might be three dots. There we are. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now can you see and now I see where you live. I, like well, I already kind of knew that. Of the map. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's nice turquoise, yellow. It's actually purple. similar to the one one dark night color palette on the, the cartoon cover, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Are you still there? <laughs> no, you're fine. I'm still here. I'm still here. Um I also appreciated the fact that Kitty apparently couldn't jump down from any height without hurting herself. <laughs> She had, she had burnt bones, basically. She had like, fractures every jump that she took. There was that one jump off the wall. Okay, that was fine. But then coming out of the window is literally like six inches, and she's like flat out. <laughs> Laid out on the floor. <laughs> uh, 
Oh man. So I want to talk about like what exactly was Dead Man's goal? Because basically he like he starts to absorb energy when they make fun of him. Like was he like <laughs> like like when it, it, things start really going awry when like they smoke a joint and throw it at him and then like walk away. <laughs> and was he just like was is this actually just about high school bullying and even in the afterlife like being bothered by it? I think it's a just say no thing. <laughs> it was really insulting that they offered him drugs. How dare you? <laughs> Maybe it was really I, shitty weed. I get, I get high off people. <laughs> <laughs> up with people, indeed. <laughs> people is my anti-drug. Yeah, I don't know what his endgame is. I don't, just the fact that I don't know that he survived death somehow. And that, again, you're right. This is what he did. I guess he's not just survived death, but he's able to have like an entire discotheque light and sound and smoke effect thing going on in his coffin but but when he came back he didn't really like have any facial features or something to say he also was just like a floating corpse so i'm like what is what is this death magic because it's like the lamest death magic yeah i don't know xanadu like (laughs) i don't know what was happening oh my god if the corpses came back on roller skates that would have been amazing (laughs) (laughs) they essentially were yeah just well, they could. They would have been, but they couldn't fit their little clawed-up feet into the skates. <laughs> well, we got a lot. I did actually like a lot of those, like little crinkled feet. I did too. I loved it. it. Gave me a lot of Beetlejuice when, yeah. like, uh, I don't know. Yeah, that was one of the grisly touches that I'm like, oh, the balled-up feet. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, that's totally what's going to happen to my feet. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's already happening to my feet. Oh god, that's a condition. <laughs> <laughs> you should get that looked at. <laughs> That just killed everything. Hey, good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Take your ball of feet. Get the fuck off my show. Gross. Oh, my. Gross. Good thing we turned off the camera here. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I got one of those foot eggs. Don't worry. I'm just kidding. <laughs> what you're missing the, is the Brandon, petty egg. What you're missing is Brandon's crumpled foots in my mouth. <laughs> Do you want to keep? I'm sorry, I, I have to. I have to purge again. <laughs> <laughs> Elegant lady, like, (laughs) (laughs) but so no, but I wanted to talk about that that moment where the daughter finally like approaches him, she gets zapped by him, figures out the mirror thing, which seemed kind of like a cop out. Um, yeah, but it works because he zaps himself, but he's Uh so like non sentient and like he doesn't seem (laughs) conscious that I don't understand what force she was fighting. I don't really understand it either. It's uncharted territory. Somehow she just knew because she's the daughter. They have the same wavelength, whatever. I don't know. She walked up. She's like, maybe a heavy ESP. Maybe it's Maybelline. I don't know. Bang. <laughs> Compact mirror. Right. I know. Fuck my dad, though. Like, <laughs> I'm going to, you know. Well, the thing is, she, what, what the right thing is that she, somehow she gets into the locked mausoleum. Oh, you there? Yeah, I'm here. You see her go up to the front door and somehow she's able to just walk in. Whatever. Not but locked. she... Uh, comes across them. Uh, he's got Julie. He's got his hand on her and he's sucking her dry. She takes his hand off Julie's face, puts it on her face, and he goes, no, basically, and shoots her across the room. He wants her. He wants Julie. Right. Instead, so she's, he's rejected even in death. Wow. Right. <laughs> it's like, only I get to wear the turtlenecks. Like it was like very old school, like drag kind of like reveal of like her being like, uh uh-uh, uh, honey, look at yourself. Look at yourself. <laughs> I like, don't even, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Like basically, she should have vogued that like mirror open, and it would have it would have uh, sold the movie for me a little. Oh, here's a fun fact. Do you know who Raymar's face was modeled after? Nope. Christopher Walken. Really? Yep. They young, did young or old? Well, that's what they, that's what they started as. They started with the Christopher Walken and then modified it. They huh. did him dirty. Did they? Have you seen him without makeup? <laughs> I mean, even as a young boy, he looked strange. <laughs> yeah, he's on. He's in that like Willem Dafoe, like Steve Buscemi end of things. Yeah, we're yeah. like always unfortunate. And he's the scariest man alive. So yeah, he's totally perfect pick for this. So <laughs> interesting. I'm just how... saying, in Hollywood, he's considered the scariest man alive. So wait, really? Yeah, he lives on yeah. Block Island here in Rhode Island. Mm-hmm. Oh, does he? Yeah. What mm-hmm. scariest man alive? Is he in your movie? No movie. fail. And <laughs> <laughs> no, but but scariest man alive meaning his movies or him like in person? Him, him, him. Why is he scary? Um, is he scary? I don't know. I haven't worked with him. Apparently, everyone who works with him says he's terrifying. So, but he's had no weird sexual assault allegations on him, so he's at least not well, bad. except for the death of Natalie Wood, which he still might be convicted for. So we, oh. we're going to have to cut all this out. So. <laughs> <laughs> Go. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't have to yeah, hop yeah, on those Wikipedia pages. <laughs> yeah, he's still he's still he's still under suspicion of that. So keep on Christopher talking. <laughs> he might come after me. My Google map is up. He knows where I live. Wait, are you saying your podcast has that much reach that Christopher Walken would be listening? You never know. Hmm. It's true. I get weird. I get weird things every now and then from people I do not expect. Deathdropgorgeous.com. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So anyway, she comes in, saves the day, and the movie just ends because it's an 80s movie and we don't believe in Denouement yet. It was so weird because it was such a fun ending, but like such an uneventful ending for like the protagonist versus the antagonist. It was just didn't make any sense. It was like, here comes my like mirror, <laughs> you're gonna any melts. Right. After that weird exchange with the hands on the faces and no one really learns anything, really. Like, <laughs> like the I'm excuse a, me, like, what did I say the lesson was? Stay home, clean the oven. Yeah, true. Because basically, Listen to your mother, clean the oven. <laughs> be a chicken. Um, yeah, because basically the two bullies end up crushed under dead bodies, um, um, which is gross. That whole thing's gross. Poor girl puts her foot through the stomach. It's all yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, That's, yeah <laughs> gross. I still not convinced that you would just die by being piled with dead, frail bodies. But well, no, that's not it. He's draining their psychic energy. Oh, that's what he did. So he's using the corpses to drain them. Oh, 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 I just oh. thought they died like in an avalanche of bodies. I thought he was trying to create a same display that he had in his closet, but like part two <laughs> in the mausoleum. This time with a toothbrush. Yeah. It was an art installation. Oh, gosh. Had had the toothbrush been the thing that fouled him up in the end, that would have been great. (laughs) (laughs) What is this? Oral hygiene? No! Ah! It kind of was like a lesson, like, abstinence will just give you a lot of post-traumatic stress. Right. (laughs) I suppose. I suppose. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. Again, maybe that was the lesson. <laughs> Good old PG thirteen lessons. You couldn't have fucked your boyfriend all night, but instead you went to a mausoleum with your friends messing with your brain, and then all of a sudden, a psych- cool girl. <laughs> cool girl. 
They're going to live a life of PTSD. <laughs> I don't really like them, but I hear they give out really good drugs for free. What if she actually becomes just addicted to like Demerol? <laughs> that that's the lesson. Demerol saves. And then man, I'm like, does she get her jacket? <laughs> she in? Question. Did you make it? I, I wish she just swooped it off one of them dead bodies. Well, She's be, like, I earned this coat. It would just be sister. The other ones would be gone. I mean, well, except for except for uh, Elizabeth Daly. So yeah, oh my true. god, the sequel, the next Dark Knight. Elizabeth Taylor, the most interesting of all of them who gets cut out of the movie halfway through. <laughs> right. What, what is she doing? <laughs> she just goes home, I guess. Just goes home. Conviction. She goes home oh and does, does some hot rails with her dad, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> she gets the jaws of life to get those jeans off and <laughs> takes nice that long on bubble bath. Oh, please. You put them on, they're on for a month. You're good. You're good. Just... They're up too. <laughs> Poor thing. I know. Uh, all right. So I think we've done one dark night. Let's go back to uh, um, um, Death Drop Gorgeous for a bit. Awesome. So you've read the press release. You've seen all of the previews. Um, what do you got for questions? Um. Okay. No okay. Here's what, one of the things I thought from the press release that I thought was interesting. Your 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 justification as of Providence as a gay mecca. Yes. Yeah. T- talk to me. So we have like about what seven gay bars in walking distance. Um, it is like there's drag queens galore, um, really, really tight knit um, trans community, LGBTQ community. Um, it's just our, our pride is like um, one of the biggest in the East Coast. I think last year there was like how many? 125, 100,000. 100,000 people last year. The whole city so shuts down for it. Um, yeah, it's kind of like a little hidden gem that people don't think about. Like our, it's, our pride is bigger than Boston Pride, it's bigger than. Yeah. than it's not bigger than Boston Pride? No. I think it is. I don't think it is. Let's Boston fight. Pride is. What, what, what fact check that and then edit I'm almost out. positive. I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's a it's a really, really gay city. That's good to know. Well, yeah, it doesn't surprise me because you know, like the Puritans no, landed there and they like invented lesbian drag. Come on, look at their outfits. <laughs> <laughs> like brown, scratchy, we're on. Yeah, I'm sorry, that was but, terrible. <laughs> Um, so you, you two are like our main character is um, based off of like a very near and dear monster to us all who um, like in a like a very beautiful way, like ran a lot of the Providence like queer nightlife for like over 20 years. Um, yeah. She um, worked for an AIDS um, service organization as their development director, but then was also, uh, you know, like hurting all of the queens around. Um, so when we really went out to write our, one of our main characters, Gloria Hole, we mm-hmm. based it completely off, her, uh, off of uh, Kitty Litter. And uh, the best part is that her Kitty Litter's real best friend, Peyton St. James, plays, her, plays Gloria Hole in the movie inspired by Kitty Litter. Okay, that was going to be my next question because I knew you had established drag queens in there. And I was at, we're going to ask if they're playing themselves, but no, clearly not. They're playing each other. Wow. With the exception of one drag queen who uh, is using her drag queen performer name, um, yeah, they're all playing a char- character we wrote. Yeah. Um, but they they had like kind of free range to adapt the character the way they wanted, and also like they brought their own costumes because we don't have a costume designer. Um, okay. But yes, we wrote it. 
good. Here's a cookie. I mean, no, 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 no I think it's fabulous. You guys who don't have, you guys don't come from filmmaking backgrounds at all, right? Uh, I do a tiny bit. I have a, a, a degree in just like digital recording and editing. So like, like on the technical end of things, yes. But in, in regards to like actually like crafting a, a, a film, like a cinematic movie, no. <laughs> and mine's digital art background. So when I was in high school, I filmed a zombie movie. And then one of my senior thesis projects was me filming me making a smoothie. So like that's the extent that I have. That sounds terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> It was kind what of like, you know, a love letter to the Wait, hold on, hold on. What, what flavor smoothie? <laughs> yeah. Banana strawberry. That's the most terrifying smoothie of them all. I know. True. You got the Sorry, blood red and the phallicness. <laughs> no, we did have a, a Victoria Elizabeth Black from Dragula uh, came up and did um, a good chunk of our special effects, too. So uh, she's credited as, as her name in there, too. But she was, uh, she's not in the film, but she def she did a bunch of really great um, effects for us. I love that. I love that you guys came up with this idea and, you know, kind of the old Andy Hardy, Judy Garland, let's put on a show right here. You guys did it. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So much credit for that. That takes such balls. Thank you. It's one I, thing to have an idea, but to actually make it happen. I applaud the shit out of that. I love all of that. And but, then you got but, all these people interested in it without begging them that they came to you. I love that. That means the world. One of our favorite parts of the script, which um, is very much credited to um, Mike for really like crafting, um, people read the script and they fell in love with the story. And the follow-up question was, what can I do? How can I be a part of this? That's and that really helped set the tone for the next couple years of our project is basically people fell in love with it and wanted to help. Um, okay. And we would not be anywhere near where we are without everyone kind of throwing down yay yay love that love that, love that. <laughs> uh, no and also i get the vibe from what i've seen is that you've got characters that i'm going to care about <laughs> you're gonna cry that's the whole thing i mean i when i watch my whole thing with horror movies i'm like give me people that i like make it hurt when they go, make me miss them when they're gone we got that yeah we also have people you're going to laugh when they're gone. And <laughs> Even better. But no, that's easy. that part's easy. But make, making me care about people, that's the hard part. And if you guys can do that, you guys can do anything. And you guys have already done so much. Oh, thank you. I, I'm jealous. No, don't be jealous. It's a, you know, we're just, we want to inspire people to just make art and like fuck what anyone thinks. Like there's, you know, um, as long as it's making you happy and you want to make it, just make it. Um you know, obviously you're going to get a backlash. I mean, the, the gay community is pretty brutal. Uh, so, you know, just kind of. I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, like we already got people coming at us talking shit. They've only seen the trailers. I'm like, you've seen the movie. So, I mean, you just got to kind of like put people's criticism aside and judgments aside and do whatever the hell you want to do and make it happen. You know, just uh, put your foot forward and go. Just do it. How about that? Damn right. Brandon's the tenderest. <laughs> it is a great note. And uh, do you have any uh, idea of a release date or anything like that? So that's the weird thing. So we're submitting to a lot of festivals, so we can't really do a, a public premiere until um, a festival right. premieres at first. Um, we've submitted to South by Southwest, to the Provincetown Film Fest, um, in and out all kinds of um, queer and horror fests um, all over the country, in the world, actually. I think we're yeah. applying like Australia. Um, so we just have to wait until one of them premieres it, and then we can do a public premiere. So I'm hoping by like April, May, June, somewhere in there, we can get, do like a, a nice public screening and get it out yeah. there. Uh, definitely submit to the New York City. Horror Fest, because that's all LGBT run. Oh, cool. Okay. Everybody works there is pretty much LGBT. So, yeah. So, that'd be a good place to submit as well. What's, One more time. What's the official name? 
Uh, it's the New York City Horror Movie Film Fest or something okay. like that. Uh, I think yeah. If you look up NYC Horror Fest, you'll find yeah. it. So. Also, like the Provincetown Film Fest, John Waters is on that committee, and I think of all people on this planet, he needs to see this movie. So hopefully he'll he'll check it out. But it's cool that he's on. He's that got a glory hole. He'll be on board. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I was like, so, so I go to. Uh, we're not we're not that far from Provincetown, and so the one time I went there, I was like hoping to see John Waters. I'm like, hopefully, just, I don't even care if I just see him in passing. So like I see him go by on a bicycle. I'm like, John Waters. He turned around and like flashed me the dirtiest look and kept going. I was like, well, <laughs> it was everything I wanted it to be and more. And, so then, like, <laughs> and then Brandon hit him with his car. <laughs> I was going to say a second. And then I psychically knocked him off the bicycle. Creepy <laughs> yeah, carry. Yeah, then I vampire sucked his energy out of him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys. I think we've done it. We Thank you so it. much. Remind everybody where they can find out more about Death Drop Gorgeous, more about you guys. Absolutely. Death Drop, Death Drop Gorgeous is a, um, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, but also you can check us out on our website, deathdropgorgeous.com. I fucked that up a couple times. <laughs> I like choking on my own words. Can we do that again? Somebody else say that? Because you yeah, you're only selling stuff. your product. It's the only reason you're here. <laughs> say what I say. <laughs> but better and clearer. So we have yeah. uh, Death Drop Gorgeous on Instagram, on Facebook, uh, Twitter. Um, OnlyFans, the World Wide Web, our own web domain, um, <laughs> deathdropgorgeous.com. <laughs> All right, boys. Thank you for coming out. Thank you for spending this Friday the 13th with me. Thank Anytime. You. You're awesome. And, you know, keep up the good work. It's great that you're supporting this great cause with the, the LGBTQ homeless thing. I mean, it's, it's fantastic. Um, and, you know, we, hope we, we're, we can help you any way we can. And good luck with everything. Mm, thank you very much. And good luck with the movie. I'll be keeping an eye on you, boys. Don't thank fuck you. it up. Yeah. Let's ruin everything. Yay! <laughs> so that, my beautiful, beautiful screamers, is going to bring to an end this Friday the 13th spectacular. No, my tongue never gets tired of doing that. I want to give a big thank you to my guests, Brendan Perez Sanchez, Christopher Delpy, and Michael Ahern from Death Drop Gorgeous. Please support that movie. Go find out more information. Keep your eye on it because something tells me it's going to be fabuloso. Which I realize is a window cleaner, but you know what? As window cleaners goes, it's fabuloso. It's right there in the name. Shut up. Leave me alone. And once again, before we go, I would be remiss if I did not beg you, implore you, and plead with you to please, please, please donate over at bit.ly slash sqpodna, which stands for Scream Queens Podcast New Alternatives. Or if you prefer to work on Facebook, if that's your jam, go on to spit.ly slash sqpodfb, Scream Queens Podcast Facebook, and donate. Do some good this holiday season. Do some good for somebody less fortunate. Do some good for the next generation of queers who have no hope right now. None. And as I saw in an interview, one kid said, it's really hard to feel pride about anything when it's 10 below zero. Yeah. Yeah. Give them something to feel some pride about. Give them a home for the night, at least. Give them a hot meal. Some. Give them a chance to feel like everybody else, even if it's only for a little while, because what a great gift that is. What a great gift that is. Bit.ly slash SQPod and A or bit.ly slash sqpondfb. And thank you to everybody over at Squadcast. Everybody there makes recording everything very, very easy. This episode was recorded with Squadcast. And even though I had three people sharing one microphone on one interview, it still sounded pretty okay. Could have been better, boys, but I made it magic. 
See, I told you I would because I'm awesome. But yes, they, without Squadcast, this would have been an absolute nightmare. It would have been a mixing nightmare. It would have been an editing nightmare. But no, easy as pie. Follow that link in the show notes. Get yourself a free trial. Check out Squadcast if you're a podcaster who's tired of having shitty sound when you do remote interviews. Because Squadcast provides remote interviews for professional podcasters. Become a professional. You know you are at heart. Don't be ashamed about it. Step up. Make that jump. And of course, everybody captivate FM for making podcasting so easy it's almost embarrassing i'm still locked out of my website but i can still publish an episode why because i have captivated fm without them we would be oh a whole week in the dark now with no episodes at all but thanks to them we've got them so please check out that link as well and you get two free weeks of podcast hosting by the most fabulous jedi knights in all of audio so next time we are going to be joined by the boys from the Gayish Podcast, because from here on out, starting today, I mean, this episode included, it's going to be all super gay all the way to the end of the year because I am make, I am bringing you homo for the holidays. That's right. Up until now, I've been putting my ween in everything. You know, oh, all the holidays are going to have ween in it, making Halloween every day. Okay, Chris. So look forward to Christmas ween and 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 weenica and and Kwanzaa ween. Yep, there's a holiday. I'm putting my ween in it, baby. But now. I'm making your Yuletide gayer than shit, man, because I have saved my heavy-hitting homos towards the end, and we're starting with the gayest boys, and we're going to be talking about Serial Mom, starring Kathleen Turner, and it's going to be tons of fun. So check out their show and be ready for that show on Monday, and please don't forget to donate. And until next time, my beautiful, beautiful screamers continue to make the world a creepier place, but perhaps a little less creepy for those who are less fortunate and can use a goddamn break and never, ever, ever... Forget the Scream Queen's golden rule. Fight or flight, survive the night, make it to the final reel, nerdle brain. All of the music for tonight's show, unless otherwise specified, has been written by Sam Haynes. You can find all of his music at www.bandcamp.com. Dot com. Bitches! <laughs> Ew.